Hey everybody, welcome to Wits End Podcast. I'm your host, Devin, along here with my co-host, Johnny, and my other co-host, Joe. So speaking of the co-host, me, let's go ahead and let's talk about this Kanye West stuff with this racial remark towards apparently Jews. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's definitely important to start with the facts. Um, so the first incident that I saw about Kanye West was in regards to... Uh, Paris Fashion Week show, uh, him, Candace Owens, and another individual all wore White Life Matter t-shirts, uh, in that it was kind of seen in the community as a very, best way to put this, uh, controversy, I mean, come on, okay, we got a black guy <laughs> wearing a White Lives Matter shirt yeah. in, in public for one, well, with that, uh, he didn't stop there with just White Lives Matter. Uh, he went on to also tweet out some racially charged uh, comments towards Jewish people that I think kind of took the internet world in a frenzy. Uh, and since then, there's been just a ginormous backlash on everything going on from uh, brands pulling their name away from them, uh, losing crazy amounts of money, uh, to go from being a billionaire to a half billionaire. Well, he's not there yet because I believe it's Adidas that is, he's under review, quote unquote, with what they're saying is going on with them. But however, if you look at the, the White Lives Matter for what they supposedly stand for, uh, which I did try looking that up and there's actually very little, probably because it's noted as a very racist group, um, but what is kind of out there on it. They're very neo-Nazi to, I would probably venture to say white supremacy. Um, yeah, and I, I do think that there's definitely a group out there that exists uh, that is trying to combat the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, but I really think at the core is, it was kind of a more messaging than anything. You know, I. I don't think Kanye is part of a neo-Nazi racist organization. Uh, seems very counterproductive to what they typically stand for, or as who they hate. Uh, <laughs> okay, but you get this guy on here, and this is just my take on it, but I know a little bit about this guy. So he gets on TV sometime back, and he claims to be this very devout Christian, but then he comes out, and now he is also supporting this White Lives Matter or appear to be supporting it by wearing wearing this clothing line. So now we got two different things especially in there. So I don't really know how I could agree with the fact that, oh, I don't know that he's this or that because he's, he's got two different things going on there. He's got a Christian lifestyle, but then when it benefits him at this, you know, this uh, event that he was at, then it's a publicity stunt. So which one, which one is important now? Uh, well, I'm definitely not going to speak on his spirituality uh, or, or kind of where he stands on that side of things, but I believe that um, in a world like we live in today where uh, everyone's always trying to signal what side they're on politically uh, or what movements they support or don't like, this is his way of kind of turning that on its head. You know, when you have a, a black guy with a White Lives Matter t-shirt that is, everyone knows to be a genius, uh, 
in many respects. I would probably say far, <laughs> way far <laughs> from the genius. Uh, well, you haven't heard through the wire, then. You haven't watched the documentaries. You don't know the real yeah, game. I, I have not stopped to say from what I see. I don't see genius or anywhere, especially well, doing a stunt like that. I'm not the brightest one in the world. I wouldn't do that. That's stupid. I mean, I, I think you have to take into consideration the fact that whenever you look at some of the companies that he's been a part of, whether it was the Gap uh, or Adidas, you know, without him endorsing them, they would not be the same brand they are today. Uh, you know, whether you're looking at his shoe line with Yeezys and his clothing brands that he has going on, uh, he was a staple for those brands. And so to see a company like The Gap uh, just drop him because of cancel culture, which, you know, we'll get into that later, uh, but it, it's real. And you're seeing companies do it in uh, major ways. And I think it, it's kind of sad whenever you have someone who's done so much for your company because of a few bad comments uh, or maybe a controversial shirt. Well, I can see that whenever you have somebody that's a basically a spokesperson for your company and whether they made him a dollar or they made him millions of dollars, that doesn't give them the free right to just to go represent themselves in a negative way and get a free pass because they've got money. However, I, you know, to be frank, honestly, I mean, there's, I wish there was a contract that he could have been, you know, sued over it or had to pay into Adidas or Gap because of its bad representation of the company. I mean, if you go into a company with a contract of some sort and you breach that contract, you're going to be terminated, you could be sued, you know, whatever the case may be over that contract wrote. And this guy definitely did not represent a company in no way, shape, or form good at all. And how what he does on his personal life, you know, one could debate that. But however, his personal life, because of the popularity that he has, it, it definitely, it's a, it goes from being personal to the whole world sees it, regardless if it's just his personal opinion or not. Uh, one other thing too, that a different perspective maybe on this too, you know, a lot of times whenever a brand partners with specific individuals or influencers, uh, they're doing it because their target audience likes this individual or um, has influence over what these people are doing socially uh, or what they're buying with their money. And so I think in a situation like this, whether you're the Gap, uh, Adidas, Balenciaga, whoever, you know what you were signing up for. I think everyone at this point knows that he's had some mental issues in the past. Uh, hasn't been taken as meds, and that's okay. I, I think that's totally fine if he wants to try that. Now, you can see what that sometimes results in, uh, <clears throat> but should he be completely canceled and deplatformed and taken off the internet? I don't think so. I think- see, I disagree because more. it's one thing he, so he wears this White Lives Matter shirt and draws his attention, but then he makes some very, very racist remarks, in my opinion, towards the Jewish community on his social media. And so now he's given them one thing with wearing this stuff out in public, which could be debated either way, what one person may or may not believe, but then on top of that, it's almost like he backs it up because he's racist, wearing this white racist stuff, and now he's coming back, and now on top of, of the white stuff, now we've got the Jewish involved. And now he's going after the Jews. Well, I'm, 
So he makes, this, he makes the comment was supposedly what was said or what he tweeted was, uh, I'm going to wake or I wake up, I'm going death con three on Jewish people. Well, of course, he comes back and says that he's meant to be with death con three, which is a military term that he probably actually knows nothing about. <laughs> but yet he wants to use that. Either way, I guess that's irrelevant to it. But whenever you say death con three on Jewish people, I, I don't see how that's not taken as a threat. Or or racist. Um, well, you know, it can it can be viewed as, as racist, but you know, one of the main questions I I ask is, who's it hurting? You know, it, this is one guy, and he's not calling to arms to have people come and, and kill Jews or load them up on trains. You know, he if anything, I would kind of look at this as more of a figure of speech. Like, hey, I'm going to war with you guys. I feel like you people in the industry uh, just so happen to be of Jewish descent are making these decisions in my life and I'm not going to stand for that. I'm going to fight back. And well, so being correct in it though, there's other, there's other ways to handle that than, than making somewhat need blame racial slurs, but then to come back and back it basically saying, I can do that because I'm black. I mean, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can do that because I'm black. And, and black people are actually Jews, you know, so, and they've told it them too long, you know, you can get black gold and all sort of stuff. So, no, I, I don't think, because now on top of, again, now we're adding the white, the white supremacy thing on top of it. Then he's knocking the Jews, and now he's black dragging every person of color into this too, because I can, oh, I can bash him because I'm black. Does that mean I can because I'm of a different race? It gives you the free card to bash another race because you're of a certain color? In today's world, yes. You know, I, I do think that's exactly what happens nowadays. I think there are a lot of people who try to use the race card uh, as a get-out-of-jail-free for acting bad. Uh, I'm personally, I'm not, I would never go and say those types of things that he said, um, you know, whether it's figure of speech or not, just because I do think there's a, a line that you don't want to cross but on the same hand, I can respect someone that says it. Because at the end of the day, I know what's dumb, I know what sounds dumb, and someone's saying that, I'm not taking them seriously. Um, will I walk away from that conversation thinking, hey, this guy may be a little bit racist? Probably. But am I gonna quit talking to that person or never let him speak again? No, because I, I think everyone has, should have an opportunity to show how smart or dumb they are. And although he definitely showed uh, a lack of understanding from how other people could view this, you, know, you can't fault the guy for ultimately speaking his mind. That's what this country is about, is being able to say what you feel. Uh, you know, One's a freedom of speech, and, and, I, and, I, and I do obviously advocate that as well with military background and what, what I have fought for and, and other people have fought and died for too. I believe in that. However, I don't I do not agree with the fact that pulling other races into this as a, as a whole, because I think that's what happened to, to some level, and basically because of, of whatever color you're speaking as for everybody, and that's, again, that's what I kind of take from what happened. Some of us don't agree with that, but I think that, you know, in freedom of speech, you should be, I guess, polite enough. You're not bashing other people because they disagree with what you say, which is kind of, I guess, along a little bit the lines of what you're saying. But that doesn't give you, I don't believe, a right to start making 
racial remarks and being fueled by because he got butthurt because he had a lot of haters because he made some racist remarks and wore a racist shirt. And so he gets butthurt about it and he goes on, you know, Twitter and all the social media feeds and they even see, they shut him down because of it too. So even though I see what you're saying about, you know, giving people the, the, the right or a voice and not knocking them because you may not disagree with it. However, just like Twitter and, and Facebook or, or any of the, any of the social media platforms, any, any of the social media platforms, it's like we were going to talk about is the cancel culture. Well, that's their right too. They've got the freedom of speech too. And plus, you know, to be fair to it, they have the millions and billions of dollars, just like he does to throw at, to say, you know what? We don't like what you had to say. I own this social media platform. I'm shutting you down because I don't like it. That's what happens whenever you're a multimillionaire or billionaire, you have the power to do it because if you don't like it, then they can kick me off because they don't like something I have to say. And I'm just a, you know, a little ant in a big anthill. So, you know, yeah, sure. I think they should, I think they should shut him up to a level because he doesn't need to be saying things like that. Um, can you flag it? Can you say something to him like, Hey man, this is kind of borderline racist. Sure. Um, but the problem I have with it is that social media companies have such a huge monopoly on the, the public square where everyone talks nowadays. Most people don't go meet up at a mall anymore to go hang out with their friends and talk. They're FaceTiming, on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram. They're on these social media sites talking. And so just because one individual at a company decides they don't like the content that you're producing, or the comments that you're making on there, they can deactivate you and shut you off from the rest of the world. Well, man, I, I agree because we've seen that with the, the presidential campaigns. Um, we do not have time for that, you know, along with COVID and everything else. If, if you post something that the, you, the social media world don't agree with, you know, they will shut you off because I believe that to a level, and this could fall into this, and you know, I don't know because I'm not Facebook, I'm not Twitter, I'm not Instagram, I'm not all these social media handles. It, it, they can fil they put out there what their agenda is in, in my opinion that's what they do because they, they see something they don't like oh we'll just shut this guy down he's got too much traction with this subject so we'll just shut him off and then we'll put our little drop right at the bottom of it this is fake news so we'll just listen to CNN Again, not go down that one because that's another episode within itself of what's, what's fake and what's not and the people don't know because all they see is what's on social media for the most part yeah. Well, uh, and that's the big thing too, is perception is reality. And whenever you're changing narratives, like one of the biggest things I always like to go back to and think about is the Hunter Biden laptop story. It was a completely legitimate story right before a major presidential election and the social media companies decided to take that down and make it where it was literally impossible to tweet about it, to share the link to a credible story because of the damage it may or may not have on a presidential candidate. And that's dangerous. Um, you know, it, and it'd be the same way if, if the other side was using it. Um, but the problem that I have is that it seems to be kind of one-sided a lot of times. You, you don't see very many left-leaning or democratic people uh, getting taken off of social media whenever they're for instance, promoting minors getting sex change surgery. Uh, I feel like that's a pretty controversial topic in and of itself, but you know, there, there's no backlash, nothing coming back from them. But if you call a pedophile a groomer, well, you can get banned for that. 
where your account's suspended. And where, where's the fairness in that? You know, if they're allowed to express their beliefs and what they think is right and wrong, then the other side should be able to equally express that. But that's just, it's not evenly distributed. And so anytime I see something, you know, whether it's uh, someone making a poor choice on words like Kanye West with his tweets, uh, or supporting a, a White Lives Matter movement that is about spreading hate instead of unity and peace, um, you have to let that on there. And the reason why I say that is because there's no other way to fight extremism. You know, you're, you're either feeding one side or the other, but if you let both sides be, then you let people make the decision for themselves. You know, there's idiots that are gonna drink the Kool-Aid on either side, but then there's the rational folks in the middle, which I think a majority of people are, that fight against and can see through the nonsense of a lot of these situations, especially with something like COVID, um, <clears throat> you know, or cancel culture, these types of things. I think people are kind of getting tired of an opinion being forced on them and then either having to agree or stay quiet. Well, that may be the case. So my suggestion that is, I, I mean, we could agree to disagree with the White Lives Matter. So y'all can see up here on the screen, you've got our social media, different things on there with between Facebook. Comment on that. I would like to hear what people have to say. Go through Facebook, it's the easiest one. Go through there. I would like to see what everybody's opinion on this is in regards to what he said specifically towards making that or wearing that White Lives Matter shirt. I think uh, I, I think we'll see both sides of this, um, but I would like to see you know how, how people are taking what he did. Um, if, you, if you don't know, just read up on it. Um, it's you just just search it. It's believe me. It's very easy to find um, So with anyway with that so he had made also I guess he went in the uh, CEOs of Adidas and then on top so on top of all these other things, you know, it's very arrogant in my opinion So he shows a pornographic video to the CEOs of Adidas from what again from what I read and it was basically like saying hey look at this these guys are pretty much disgusted by it. And it's like, hey, yeah, what Kanye is like, this is what you did to me. You know, you, you know, he used some other language that I'm not going to repeat of them taking his clothing line or his stealing his designs. You know, they're so well that I've never seen them, but that's just me. <laughs> it is what it is. If he's, so, if he's so popular, he's not popular with everybody. But however, so he does, so on top of all these other things, he's, you know, makes these, um, very arrogant moves to CEOs of a, of a, a multi-million billion dollar company and he expects to have a contract when it's done. That's not how this world works. <laughs> I think that's baller status. I think walking in there. I mean, I give you props because <laughs> there's there's no doubt that it's, I mean, I mean, you gotta have, you gotta have a pair to be able to do something. Was, like it, I mean, him? I get that. was it him in the video or was he just on just the hub? I don't know, I don't want to know on that one for sure. But. Yeah. And is there better ways to say that they're screwing them? Probably, but sometimes visualization is the best form of getting your point across. I can get that, but you can't, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say, no, not what I'm trying to say is this, you can't go in there and do that to CEOs of any caliber of any company and expect them not to be you know, taken and, and say, oh yeah, oh, valid point. Yeah, we'll keep you on staff, we'll keep you on whatever. 
you know, no, you're probably going to take a hit for that one. Uh, well, and, you know, that that's the saddest part is, you know, they're going to let a, a beautiful mind go that clearly has made them plenty of money, um, very successful in music industry, the clothing industry. I mean, even just dominating the celebrity news because of his ex-wife, uh, you know, the the way he was acting whenever Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian got together, you know, it's it's incredible how one person can move the topic of conversation in such a way that, you know, not only the left side of mainstream media, but also, you know, Fox is, is talking to this guy, you know, you've got world-class podcasters trying to get him on and talk to him, and to me that says a lot that clearly this guy's voice matters. And so, you know, whether you're you're showing sex tapes, White Lives Matter t-shirts, uh, I feel like at the end of the day, what it comes down to is you got to give everyone an opportunity. And unless you're posting illegal content, not something that someone's offended by, but illegal content, whether it's a death threat, child pornography, something heinous along those lines, then let it be. That's what the internet was made for was for people to share and disperse information and rather than making these places echo chambers sometimes you need a dissenting voice to come in now hey it may not be the best dissenting voice but at least you have that because at the end of the day at the very least this makes us stop and think about as a culture or a society where do we stand on these issues but if people don't ever bring it up then it doesn't happen. Well, I mean, he brought it up, and it definitely wasn't a good way, and I would take a stand <laughs> against every bit of it. I don't agree with anything that he did, although he might have somewhat of a great mind, according to some people, and he may have he may have good things to say, but those things in particular are completely out of place and don't need to be involved in, in any type of business within this world period, as far as I'm concerned. You know, so, you know, with that, you know, we were going to talk about the cancel culture, and I think that's the, the perfect person to do it too, in my opinion. You know, I, I wish that they would shut that stuff out. You know, should it be there for people to to see, to view, like, hey, this is, you know, I mean, to be fair, he did run for president, you know, and, that, and that's the type of person that we want as president. I mean, we've already got one on our hands that, which I'm sure will come up at some point in time, too, but, and what do you do every time, every time the president, the current president says something? He forgets, which obviously he does, but we give him an excuse, say, well, you know, he meant or he forgot and he said something else. No, you're the president of the United States. You, you can't be doing stuff like that. You're held to you're held to a higher standard. And people, you know, I know we're going to go back into that, but I'm going to go backwards with this. We, we look at these celebrities and we have them almost on a pedestal. So th there should be some conduct that should be represented from people of that stature. You know, it's one thing for adults, okay, we can look at that, but there's a generation behind us, they don't need this stuff. They're seeing it at school, they're seeing it in their daily lives, they're seeing it everywhere. You know, news, social media, especially, you know, they don't need to be seen as somebody what they would consider an idol. You know, those type of things, again, not knocking, you know, the business and, and some of the designs and what he's done and stuff like that, but those specifically, what I'm talking about is those remarks, our society does not need any more of this stuff. And he's just a, he's he's contributing to a problem. He's not becoming a, a helping find a solution to the problem. He's just fueling a fire. I can't say I know where he's going with it because I definitely don't. I 
I don't know. It's a publicity stunt. I mean, it's like he, he does this every once in a while. You'll see him in, in the highlights, and then and then all of a sudden he's just, I don't say he's vanished, but you don't hear a lot. And then it's all of a sudden now it's like, oh, 5 o'clock news, like he's the biggest hit because he done something, whether good or bad. In this case, it was bad. It was, it was not a good idea, obviously, to make these comments, but then he gets a publicity. And the bottom line is, whether it's good publicity or bad publicity, it's still publicity. And he still, even though these things are very racially charged, he'll still have some, he'll still have people following. I mean, regardless, people's not going to just, you know, disown, disown him because of these comments. He's still going to have to a very high level of following. There's people, even if they drop the Adidas contract, guaranteed people going to go, I'm never buying Adidas again because they dropped Kanye West. Now they're still going to buy it. I mean, they drop, you know, they've dropped numerous people in the past and everything else. I'm not going out and buying some of these shoes because people still you're like buying music. That's how you know. So, you know, he take a hit for sure because he's probably going to lose some of these contracts possibly. But either way, if so, if they cancel him out, what does it matter? You know, it, it to me it teaches them a lesson. If they're going to do that, do I agree that? Well, we'll save that for a minute. But just as far as people reacting to that and canceling him out and shutting him down, basically on those racially charged comments or racial comments, no, I don't have a problem with that because we don't we don't need that stuff. Well, what? And I guess to, not to try and continue to kind of circle the conversation, but the, the point that I'm getting at is that how far is too far? How, where do we draw the line? Because how I look at it is right now, it's, you know, you can't talk about Jewish people in a negative way, or you can't talk about black people in a negative way, or Asians. Um, but what happens whenever it's the next group? And then, uh, well, now you can't talk about this, or you can't talk about that. And before you know it, it's no longer free speech. It's controlled speech. So if you want to become a celebrity, then you have to be this type of person. You have to repeat these talking points. And that's what I'm getting at, is that the danger of taking someone off, taking all their money, completely stripping them dry for everything they have, you're setting the precedent and saying that it's okay to knock people off their pedestal or take their power away if they don't talk correctly. And that that's what I feel like this has more become is, you know, this is no longer a guy who can uh, express his opinions on how he views the world, you know, good or bad. The kind of I look at it is, you know, these... Uh, you can't make comments like that and come back and say, I, 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 you got a valid point. I mean, I can understand, you know, you're held whatever expectation, but okay, so you wear a shirt, like, okay, people call, okay, that's mistake number one, but we'll just say, give him the benefit of the doubt, and for maybe he had a different motive that, good or bad, we didn't see it, he didn't have time to explain it, whatever the case may be. So people call him out on it. Then he comes back and makes racial remarks, talking about going DEFCON 3 on the juice. So, okay, so where do you draw the lines like, okay, that's an accident. Then he gets in there and makes, and, and fuels it even more by talking about the Jewish people and how I'm black and I can say those things. So now you've got basically three racial things. The first one you can benefit out. Then you make another remark to it. And then a third remark, no, now it's becoming a trend. So it's not like, okay, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt because you made a mistake or we didn't, we, maybe we didn't quite catch your gender. Or we don't agree with it, but come on. This is like three times. It's, boom, boom, boom. it's too fast. So there's, there's some racial fuel behind that, or he feels like he's got to defend himself for whatever reason because, I, again, according to him, because the black people are all Jews. You know, I, I don't know. You, you ever had a bad week? 
No, never. Never. Well, <laughs> this this is what I call a bad week, okay? You know, you're gonna have a bad week. You start making racial <laughs> remarks to the whole world from that from that type of platform. <laughs> and expect not to get bit back by it. Some people get flat tires. Maybe lock their keys in their car. Uh, yeah, but what he would do is like, oh, the tire. Well, it wouldn't happen if it was a white tire. No, I mean he, he's he's knocking these people, and, and it's it's a racial remark, and and that's not a bad week. That's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's self inflicted to say the least. <laughs> so you know, anyway, uh, we could we could talk about this, yeah. and I, I'll try not to come back to this because we we I think we pretty well addressed yeah, it. But now canceling him off, so these people are are retaliating to him and social media and all these other people. So. You know, there's, I think there's instances where he's saying, I think it's okay. You know, now, yeah, you do take away that freedom of speech to, to some level. And, and I can see that in social media where you, you don't have freedom of speech on social media. This is what you, you, the only freedom of speech you have, you're free to say what these social medias will let you say. Well, I would say at the very least then, then there needs to be more rules around how does one enter back into the public discourse. Oh, you make a fake account. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, if you're if you want people to know who you are again and be able to, to kind of come back into that that discourse without having to disguise yourself, which you know he would definitely. I think if Kanye made another Twitter, it would be Kanye's burner. Account well, he's gonna make, he's gonna make other he's gonna make other he's social media really platforms. Yeah, he's yeah, given yeah. time, you know. And he's buying parlor. Well, he, he had to buy out Facebook. He had to buy out all these other ones. I mean, Elon Musk did it, and he's like, yeah, I got it my way. Well, and yeah, I think what Elon's doing is it's pretty fantastic. I've definitely noticed a change in in the app since he took over. Uh, I feel like in a positive way. That's kind of a different point. Uh, kind of to. You know, switch gears a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think it'd be kind of appropriate to get into that cancel culture content censorship talk because there is, you know, to me there, there's kind of black and white cases or instances where, you know, I'm all on board for calling out someone's gross or or bad behavior uh, or monstrous behavior for in some of these cases, but then there's also more gray area where. It's like we're, you know, how much are you trying to suppress conversation? And, you know, just to kind of give you a few examples of kind of what I feel like is black and white. Yes, we should expose these people. You know, the first one that comes to my mind is Bill Cosby. Um, you know, it coming out that I think it was 54 women uh, and he allegedly, I don't know, how that turned out in court, so I'm not going to say. Uh, but allegedly, 54 women, you know, that he drugged and raped. Um, people like R. Kelly, you know, who's peeing on teenagers, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> and then or other people like Harvey Weinstein. Uh, you know, you see major companies, uh, like one of the big ones that come to my mind, I believe it was Exxon. Uh, in Ecuador, they had the biggest fine, I think, ever on a oil company, and they, rather than pay that fine to fix the rivers uh, and the areas of pollution that they decimated regions of indigenous people in Ecuador, rather than pay that fine, they decided to go ahead and pursue 
legal action against the attorney who won that case and imprison him and just keep the ball rolling with all these legalities and legal loopholes to just pay attorneys rather than the people of Ecuador that they hurt. And so those are all instances where I think it's social media is at its best for taking these people out. Um, yeah, but most people on social media, let's face it, they don't, they don't have a voice and they never have a voice for the most part. I mean, in a negative way. But no, basically, they say it like this. They don't have the backbone to say these things until there's a bandwagon that they feel like they can jump on. And, then, and there's so many topics that we could definitely use it with, with all the, the, the Black Lives Matter to apparently the White Lives Matter to Kanye West to the, you know, my favorite it, it, one it's all is, over the place. is the groomer topic because it, to me, it's just, it's insane that anyone would try to defend that it's wrong to call a pedophile a groomer. And if someone is showing behavior, which in my opinion, dancing provocatively or erotically in front of children under the age of 18 is pedophilic, pedophilic type behavior. So... If they're allowed to do that, if, if you're going to make this exception of, you know, we don't let women strippers dance on, on young boys uh, or small children, but we'll let drag queens do it, then you should also let people... Well, that I mean, that's a, topic that's, that's a topic that's definitely getting challenged to some degree in the United States. I believe it's Idaho currently is trying to get that where they're not allowing um, the drag shows at all in their whole state. Now, there's some other ones... You know, um, a city locally that is surrounds us, not where I live, but it's close to here. Um, they're trying to get that in their city ordinances not to allow that for, for different reasons because of money exchanges, um, which I don't agree with that. It's a good premise because there's kids giving, you know, the drag, the drag, uh, I say people, drag queens, drag whatever, you know, money. And, and, and they're, they're saying that it's like they're strippers. You know, which, but, you know, the other side of the fence are saying, well, you know, these the drag queens and the people in the drag show, they're not dressing more provocative, or actually they're more clothed than a lot of the cheerleaders today. And, and as much as I hate to say it, because I, I obviously don't 100% support this stuff at all, they're right. I mean, but that's what society has shown us, you know, obviously because of the southern states and, and of homosexuality and what it entails with a lot of things around that that is going to obviously turn off people, but they're making comparisons. It's a valid comparison because also south and, and a big Christian community and stuff like that, especially in Idaho, you know, big Christian communities, they're not so wrong for using this defense because that's what our society has now let that happen. And so, you know, we look at that and you wonder why some of these girls are becoming pray for for yeah women i guess but men and stuff like that yeah because of the way they're dressed and so either either way they're trying to stop some of this so there, there's there's arguments from both sides that are valid you know that used to be taking place that you know in a bar setting you know those type of settings where that stuff took place but it's hey it, it's the society we live in now this is becoming more and more susceptible and happening and i think that this plays into it because once you start really getting some traction, once you start voicing your concerns and you oppose these type of things, you oppose the the homosexual lifestyle, you suppose or oppose that type of you know stuff, whether whether we agree with it or not, if you oppose it hard on social media, you will get shut down. 
Well, because it's it's like a, it's out. like a, it's a hate crime. Yeah, they're gonna come out yeah, for sure. And so Unless yeah, I mean even you don't even have to get shut down or say canceled out per se by other people. They'll do it for you because they want because it's become so such a topic that 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 well it, it's become such a stronghold in this generation that you know it, it is very. It's a hot topic. I think nobody wants to give one way or the other because everybody's scared. And so if you if you voice your concern, which you will find out in this podcast, I have no problem doing that. And you're going to hear us talk about that stuff, and I will voice my concern. But people are scared to do that. And I hope that that's what this podcast can be, is a light for people. And say, you know, we're not going to hold back. We're going to stay at it. We're going to try to keep it decent. We're going to try to keep it, you know, civil. But, yeah, we're going to state how we feel about these things. You know, and we want people to be a voice, you know, for whatever they believe, whether we agree with it or not, but to have a voice of free speech. But anyway, if you voice these things, you're going to get shut down because society says it's okay. It's acceptable. And it's a problem because so your generation, it's, it's so fragrant, but it's my generation. I believe that, that, and I can bash my generation too, because we messed up because we let it happen. Well, and now they're complaining about it. You know, some of the other examples that I kind of wanted to get at too was... You know, you see college professors that can't teach in their own classrooms. You know, courses that someone has paid for to attend a class, to hear someone speak, and they get in there. And, you know, I, I can't say I personally watch these lecture videos. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm assuming that if a school is paying a professor to teach a class, he's probably competent in whatever that coursework is. And so to cut this guy off and say that, uh, it's upsetting or hurts your feelings. Uh, to me, it's it's further stifling. Hurts your uh, feelings because of what? Because you referred to him with the wrong well, verbiage? Yeah, right. Because you called it a them or uh, they? Which is so kind of weird in and of itself, just in the fact that you know, you're addressing yourself as a, a group. You know, like I wouldn't say, oh, look. Days over there, you know. I would say. Yeah, I mean, so there, there's, there's, yeah. yeah there's any, any that will say yeah. you can't call you. They, they have to be referred to a certain way. You know, um, but but no, the the point that I was getting at though was that just the content itself of what the teacher is talking about. So maybe it, it's talking about biology, and in biology, there's only two known genders right now, which is apparently male not and female. Uh, For real. Yeah. If we die today and someone digs our bones up a hundred years from now, they'll be able to know what gender we were based on our skeletal remains. They won't know how we felt on the inside, but they'll know biologically what gender we were. Now, I back that could change, you know, with the advances in science and everything else, maybe we'll get to a point where you can fully transition, no problem at all, completely changes your anatomy, whatever. Um, but we're not there yet. <clears throat> and the the point that I'm getting at is that you know you're attacking all these aspects of society, whether it's uh, education, whether it's socially, and also politically. You know, the I feel like the moment you say that uh, you're not comfortable with having minors get sex change surgery or take puberty or hormone blockers. Uh, you're immediately labeled as a, a MAGA Republican, a fascist, transphobe, sexist, whatever. 
uh, and that's just simply not true. You know, just because we disagree maybe on one or two topics, we're three or four. I feel like generally, for most human beings, we agree on most things. Like if I say everyone wants a home and a good paying job and a nice car and great vacations, I hope nobody disagrees with that. Now, I'm sure some will, but the, the point that I'm getting at is that, you know, in a world where it's polarizing, it's about one way or the other, whenever there's so much that brings us together, but you can't see that or you're not going to achieve that if we're encouraging people to knock people off the platform and not be able to have a voice in the discussion. Um, to me, that's how you create echo chambers, you know, and before you know it, well, most of these movements one side or that, the other, they're just repeating themselves. Once, most of the movements that you're, you're kind of talking about in general, they don't care what the other person, they don't care what the other side has to say. They really don't. I think that's proven. I mean, if you, and you're right. If you, if you challenge any of them and say, well, we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't give them this, or we shouldn't allow sex change, well, you're, you're right. You're homophobic. You're, you don't understand. You know, well, okay, help me understand. Help me understand how you can, you know, some of these things, but it's, it's not open for debate. And if you, if you cross that line, and that line being you just mentioned anything against it, you're automatically the bad guy. And that's across social media. That's just pretty much an everyday life. And, and on top of that, people so scared to say anything because they're worried about, oh, now I'm going to, it's, you know, I'll get sued. I'll get this, that. So a lot of people with any voice, with power, they're so scared to do anything. The government, I'm not too concerned about what the government, because this simple, that's a simple diagnosis. It's votes. There, it's a political pull to, to get votes. That's what they're doing. We're coming up on, you know, with, with the with the midterms coming up. It, it, it's all a pull to get votes. Who can control the House? Who can control the Senate? The next one in the next two years is going to be who controls, who's going to be the president. You're going to see this, and they're going to come up with these things. You know, so these kids, you know, we see all this stuff in the schools, and not to chase this in a different way, we got the bullying. Because these people don't even know who they are. And, and that's what a lot of this is. And so you have this generation years ago, that has allowed these things to happen. This generation's confused in a, in a lot of ways. And, and I think that the adults, they just don't know how to handle it. And everybody's running around scared. And the only time that 90% of these people say something, or whatever percentage, is going to be on social media. Well, what I would say, you know, whenever we talk about generations, um, I feel like today's generation, my generation specifically, you know, I think that they're actually extremely smart and very educated. You know, just from, if you look at the amount of resources a 24-year-old today has versus whenever you were 24 years old, it's insane. The access to information that you can pull at the drop of a hat. But the problem that we're running into is algorithms. Well, your generation is definitely smarter than mine because whenever I was, you're right, when I was that age, I had to work. I had to work a full-time job, sometimes two or three. Your generation has figured out how to sit on their butt at home and make money. And then on top of that, your generation has figured out also how to influence the government to say, hey, let's give these people money every month <laughs> to sit and do nothing. Yeah. Well, and then, but on top of it, your generation is so smart that they're going to buy into that. The government will have control. Not to go down that, chase that rabbit down that hole, but that's what I look at. I mean, we work hard. Influencers. And the generations past us, you know, and we get the old farming and what the land, you know, what was built off of in the United States and all that stuff. But it was hard work, yeah. you know. And and I come, you know, you know myself coming out of the military, 
this generation has a strong lack of respect for veterans for one and they don't understand what hard work is i would i disagree <clears throat> I, I think what you see because the way algorithms work you see the extreme side you see the people who just like you see the bad cops who are, are doing the wrong thing and killing people I thought all cops you see but you know you, you kind of look at <laughs> you threw me off <laughs> oh shoot uh, but you know you, you look at you know oh you see bad cops you know you see young people being lazy or acting like snowflakes but then there's this gigantic silent majority out there who you know, I, I think they're the real heroes because of the people who watch a video or see a, a crazy post about whatever, and they don't comment. You know, they just keep scrolling. Yeah, that's what a snowflake yeah. is. When you put on the heat, they melt. They melt. <laughs> no, no. There you no. go. I'm saying that the, the people who have the willpower to not chime in on every single injustice they see or crime on the internet... Uh, or someone speaking wrong, you know, they're just like, wow, what an idiot. You know, next vid. And I applaud those people because the world would be a lot better place if people just minded their own business. My world would be but, a lot better place if I could get on Facebook and not see the 100 people that wants to share some recipe they made on Facebook. I don't care. Uh, I would, they, if they want to cancel culture anybody, it should be those people. Be if I want to learn how to cook, I will Google it. I don't want to say you look at one thing on there and it's like, oh, Facebook says, Joe, you need to learn how to cook. And well, what if Google's algorithms only pull up vegan stuff? Now what? Now you got to get back to Facebook. They don't want to lose weight. <laughs> That's guess. how that works. I guess. Um, but the point that I was getting at is that I do think there's a, a false perception, you know, because I, I definitely include myself in that conversation. I, I feel like I, I work really hard. You know, I got one or two. Uh, I think they call them calluses on my hands. Um, I have to shave at least once a week. You know, all that stuff is extremely difficult. Okay. Yeah. Now uh, you sound like a millennial. Hold on, I wasn't <laughs> done. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but in that though, I, I do think that they're just like every generation. You know, just like boomers are are always known as being or wealthy and racist or sexist. You know, you, you talk to an old guy and he's, oh, she should be in the kitchen. You know, uh, they also say some other crazy things that I won't repeat. <laughs> um, but in that, that's just a, it, to me, it's kind of a stereotype. And I, I kind of feel like our generation, because we are so creative and we have come up with different ways to make money without ever having to truly work hard a day in our life. like. Is it hard to come up with content? Is it hard to entertain people on, you know, whether it's a daily basis, weekly basis, whatever, however that, that looks like? Yes, it is. Otherwise, everyone would be doing it. But it, there's a big difference between that and working in the oil field. And so I will agree with you on that, that maybe we're not having to work as hard, but at, at least from what I heard growing up, it's work smarter. Not well, things harder. have changed in different, you know, the, a lot of the stuff that, you know, I did when I was younger and, you know, my parents, are, that's just not, that's just not where we're living anymore. I mean, and a lot of things have become, you know, for instance, just an example of welding, a lot of it has become more automated, you know, you know, assembly lines are more automated. You know, that's just to name a few. So a lot of those are more so tech jobs per se than they are hands-on. 
And so things have changed and, and you need, you know, different, different aspects than what we did even 10, 20 years ago, you know, 20 years ago, cell phones weren't there, but look where we're at now. I mean, it's just the advancements of, they, they go so fast and the, my generation, your generation and, and generations coming up, you know, they're just having to keep up. And I think they're moving faster than what I think we can even keep up with sometimes. So, you know, but either way, so we're getting way off subject here of what we originally were talking about, about the cancel culture. I don't know. I mean, people's getting canceled out. You know, my opinion, I think that there's, again, I know I'm re-saying this, but, you know, sure, I think that there's a time and place for it. But, you know, if you look at it from the aspects of freedom of speech, no, people shouldn't be just shut down because of these things. However, you'd mentioned, you know, people on there. I kind of disagree, you know, with your take on some of these people because the reason I disagree is because, People start speaking against them. People start shutting them down. And these people ain't even proven, they're not even proven, you know, guilty. And so these people could be 100% innocent because it's happened. It's happened oh, numerous Kyle times. Kyle Rittenhouse, that's a prime example yeah, I mean, of a guy that was painted awfully. Yeah, so they paint these they paint these people in such a way, you know, and, and everybody has their opinion. A lot of people would probably disagree <laughs> with you on that person. But the bottom line, awesome we, have, we have the law of the land, and, and the law of the land said this. And the judges appointed to be ruled on it this way. We have the jury, and that's the way the jury ruled. So we have to respect that. Yeah. But either way, you know, people's entitled to their opinion. They can think what they want, and that's okay. However, I don't think we should get the cart for the horse per se. And these people have already basically got a basically got a guilty verdict, and they haven't even you know because we've seen that numerous times on social media. We've seen that numerous times on. On any TV media. thing, yeah. is people come out and claim certain things. Oh, I got raped, I got beat, I got stabbed, I got whatever. And they found out, like, dude, what are you in there? Like, it didn't even happen. You know, so that person could be painted and defamed for, for all these things and then turn out, you know, it wasn't nothing. And so this guy's lost, you know, 100, and, and especially somebody of any stature, they're losing hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on this, you know, because well, somebody wants to prove a point, make them feel bad. You know, that's when you go Johnny Depp mode, and you let people know, hey, Amber, I'm recording you, acting crazy, saying that you hit me. Well, <laughs> and then you know, mean, you're back in the public spotlight, life's good, you're dating a lawyer. She was devastated. Yeah, I think she had yeah, 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 no that's idea. Old, that's old news, but it's still fun. Yeah, it is. It is. The, so, my favorite part was dogs pooping on the bed. Man. I'd be mad, too. Or no, no, it was her pooping on the bed. I wouldn't care who looks. What about you, John? What, what do you think of cancel culture? I mean, really, it's... I can kind of see both ways to where, like, you know, there's some people that I feel like should be canceled for some of the things that they're saying and some of the uh, influence they're putting out in the world. And then there's some people that they're really not saying anything that's too harmful to anybody but yeah they're still getting canceled because people are sensitive nowadays way more sensitive than they were back in you know joe's era and all that people can be like oh you're ugly you know i'm gonna cancel you for that because i don't like those mean words you said to me you know but i mean really it just depends on how block button. how big your status is in the world how you know how big of an influence you really have depends on how big the cancel is going to be you know i i believe that you can only get canceled if you cancel yourself 
I've seen. When you say you call people ugly, you get canceled, man. That is beauty as an eye builder. I have seen some <laughs> ugly people. And <laughs> yeah. you're like, how did that work out like that? They're like, well, she's so beautiful. No, no she's not. Think about that. She's not. There's, and vice versa with guys. I'm sure, you know, there's a, there's a match. Oh, dude. Well, that's called money, Dad. Well, it's called yeah, maybe yeah, it's the case, yeah. but still, you get shut down for something so, so small. But anyway, these people have feelings too. I, I am not the cutest guy in the world by any means, <laughs> but I'm not suing somebody because they call me ugly. You know those uh, atrociously ugly dogs with like uh, their tongue always hangs out? Yeah, the one looks like they run into a wall. For some reason, people go nuts over those dogs and they get showered with praise and attention and love. And yeah, they are ugly, but it's so ugly. Yeah, if I take, that you, out, take you outside and beat you with a bat in the face, people would feel sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they probably aren't gonna. They might even go there. All right, man. Those are probably that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. Well, that's that. You know, to some degree, that is just what happens. This is what you get. You shouldn't have kept your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't say this. Yeah, they'll, they'll be the first to let me know when I mess up. Um. Well, I, and yeah, just kind of continue to go along the trends of uh, this battle of, you know, what's good to keep in place rights-wise, or or should we be making changes? What's uh, good to keep in, in our rights is guns. Well, that's what I was about to get to. Because that's uh, what should be kept in our rights. Because that's, uh, that's the next thing they're coming after, besides yeah. their canceling. And they, it is, the cancel culture is in that, too. If you speak against the guns... They don't like that for the most part, you know. They they, they want to say, oh, well, let a little bit of this happen, or or you'll have uh, some negative remark towards it, and then they've got to fuel it by the fully automatic, semi-automatic weapons, however in the world the the, the um, they're called I assault weapons. Yeah, assault I know they assault everybody. Uh, now here's one of the the uh, big points that I was gonna make. You know, whenever we talk about gun control and, and this whole gun law topic. <clears throat> to me, this is the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms is one of the only areas, you know, Christianity and school, that fell apart. Uh, or, you know, really just kind of in politics too. I feel like that's kind of fallen off quite a bit. Uh, you know, freedom of speech, obviously, under attack. Uh, privacy rights, under attack. But the right to bear arms is one of the only things I've seen that's been able to withstand 99% of the scrutiny of people who have pushed very hard to try and take away rights or put restrictions on what individuals can and can't own. Well, I mean, the, the laws are there. You know, the thing of it is, with when it comes to the guns, the gun control, every, you know, you could go down this any way you wanted to. But a lot of the people that well, people know about guns, there's a sect of people that know probably a lot, very little, and know just, just a fragment. But the people that know just very little or know relatively nothing about them, that's where the government is influencing in the wrong thing and saying things that's false. And and I don't, it, it's hard to, it's not really hard to challenge because you can do research on any of these things to figure out, you know, you, they get on there on TV and they talk about this, you know, show an AR-15, this is an assault weapon, and this is a fully automatic weapon. No, it's not fully automatic. Yeah. It, it's, it, and so that's, that's a lot. Or how about, and, how about uh, Joe Biden a couple weeks ago getting on in, in a speech and saying that AR-15s 
shoe five times faster and lighter. Yeah, so it's stupid. I mean, and that's, and that's exactly what I'm talking about, you know. And, and I know probably, you know, the president shouldn't be saying those things. But the bottom line is that's what I'm talking about. He's a liar. Yeah. I mean, you know, very extensive background with guns. You know, not to elaborate on that, but it, it, especially, you know, the time I did the Marine Corps, okay. I was in infantry in the Marine Corps amongst many other things. And that's what we use with a five size, five five six, an M sixteen, an AR fifteen, a civilian model. It is semi-automatic. Military model is three round burst, fully auto. It, it's way different. That that bullet is roughly, give or take, depending on what brand you buy of ammo, different. You know, it's it's twenty eight hundred, thirty two hundred feet per second. Yeah, that's why. The president gets on there and says, you know, quote, I say quote, I have a direct quote, but it, it, he said five cool. times faster. Than any other bullet out there. So let's just say we we just went off that. We'll say, you know, uh, the the thing is three thousand feet per second. So now that bullet is fifteen thousand feet per second. Yeah, that that's insane. There's not a gun on the face of Earth that goes well, that fast. I think it was. I think you got to reverse it up a little bit. I think, which to me is an unfair comparison. I think what they're trying to do is compare handguns, which you know you're looking at high hundreds to mid thousands as far as yeah second. but even if you went even with you if you went with a you know a 45 we'll say it's a thousand feet per second yeah, i think that's it's still around. even if you multiply that by five that's five thousand feet per second simple math that's still still a lie on base what he says yeah. and so even if you're going five thousand to fifteen thousand is what what i take it is what he said these bullets are five times thousand five times faster than other rifles and the reason i say is because he made a reference to deer and kevlar vests yeah. we, we will get to that too but, you know, so if it's five times faster, that bullet's going, say, 15,000 feet per second. You know, I don't know what these things, bullets probably not going to melt in the air, but it would be so inaccurate. I mean, you start pushing loads to a certain degree, you know, there's, there's a science behind these things. There's, there's mathematics involved. There's a lot of stuff involved to get that bullet to shoot accurate. And that's why these rounds go 2,800 feet per second. Most of them go, you know, around 3,000 feet per second, depending on what gun it is. Because it's tried and true. These people know what they're doing when they built these things. And these things have been worked out over many years. The 5.56, the 2.23 round has been around for a long time. The other round used by the military is roughly around 2,800 feet per second, give or take, you know, upwards towards close to 29. You're, you're not pushing that bullet at even 10,000. You're not going to push a 308 bullet even 6,000 feet per second and expect any accuracy around it. You look at the 50 BMG. It's not even going. That's one of the one of the bigger calibers in a rifle. It's not even going that fast. So for the president to say something like that, it's misinformation. It's miscommunication to the public. And so there's people out there, not to call them naive, but it is. If you look at what that means, they're they're clueless, and they just believe it because the president said it. And then he gets in and makes these references to to deer and Kevlar vests again. An avid hunter. Okay, I understand. Kevlar vest. I understand there, there's a couple of premises to these things. One, yes, Kevlar is used in bulletproof vests. I get that. However, bulletproof vests are not designed to stop rifle rounds. Yeah, it's not. There's, there's first, yeah, there there's for handgun rounds, you know, stuff like that. So the only way you're going to stop these things is, again, I wore one when I was in the military. And it had like a one-inch steel plate in it. That's how you stop yeah, rifle these things. So again, the president making these references well, he also, is so bizarre. He had also uh, referenced in that conversation that you know they're weapons of war uh, and things like that, and that they're basically meant to kill other humans. But see, even just pause right there for just a minute. I know I'm going to cut you off on this. is a big topic for me and very dear to me. 
They say it's weapons of war. Well, how come they're not targeting the 308s? How come they're not targeting the 30-06s? Because if you look back years ago, you look at some of the, especially a lot of the snipers, guess what they're using? It ain't a 5.56. It's a 308. Yeah. Now, obviously, I've been out of the Marine Corps for a few years, well, several years, so that may have changed as well. But whenever I was in, it was a 308. They're not going after that. They're going after those assault rifles because of the way it looks. It's, and it's, the reason I say it is because it's just like the stuff we talked about on Facebook. People don't like the way it sounds, so they just push their agenda for whatever reason because they don't like the way it sounds. This is no different. They see something, it looks scary, so they're scared of it. And so they're trying to get these things you know, banned because it holds so many, so many rounds or whatever else. Either way, so for right now, we need to, what? Fix your recorder there in the break. Make the cut off at the hour mark. So you're talking way too much. <laughs> oh, we, we gotta keep talking, we gotta keep talking. That's fine, we'll figure okay. it out. Either way, yeah. we, got, we got another backup. We, we figured this may or may not happen, so that's fine. Either way, so we've got all this stuff going on with you know, the president making false remarks and false statements. And yet people's buying into this. So if he's going to do that and just state these things and people believe it, what else is he doing that, you know, people are, you know, catching or not catching, you know, and swaying people to, to vote or go a certain way. And he's playing, and, he, and he's playing off, he's playing off these mass shootings, these yeah. school shootings. They're, they're not good. They're in no way, shape or form. They're good, but he's playing off of them to sway votes. It's not about, I mean, he sits there and talks about, you know, God forbid this, God forbid that. That's, you know, a lot of stuff he says. But really, when he sits there and talks about all these gun reforms and gun laws, I've heard yet and to hear him say, you know what, here's what we should do. Yeah. Well, and besides takeaway guns, <laughs> uh, the, the point that I was going to make with it that that's actually kind of bothersome about what he's, or what people that don't know what they're talking about. Because, like, for instance, anytime you're having a conversation with people about guns, and they start to say that they think AR-15 should be banned, uh, or we need better background checks on people, uh, you know, or we should be making it harder for people to get guns, like all, all that kind of talk. It, it immediately tells me that they probably don't own a gun, and they definitely don't know what they're talking about. Because like you were pointing out, uh, it's just it's a straight up false claim to say that that bullet travels five times faster. Uh, and that kind of what I was going to get at with saying that it's a weapon of war. Well, how I look at it is why are you giving it to cops then? You know, if cops are peace officers that are supposed to answer the call for a civilian that's calling you and saying, hey, I need help because I'm in trouble, whatever. And you're giving them these assault weapons then why can't a civilian use it? You know, if you're, because we're not in a war zone in America, are we? You know, no, this is a civil society. You know, cops are there to neutralize the situation. So if we're saying that it's okay for them to do it, then what's what's the difference? Well, I mean, uh, it, it depends so on who you ask, because if you look at some of the news, and you know, we're chased this right a little bit too, there's a rapper that got shot in in Texas, I believe. Oh yeah. Texas. And yeah. so what they're, what they're doing now is, you know, I read a little bit about that, and I, I'm not going to get into that because I'm not knowledgeable enough on it. But what they're saying is some of these, as in researching that, I looked at Chicago and they've got some of these, you know, 
basically they're fully automatic weapons and they're getting imported in from foreign countries. Now, to me, that's a government problem because yeah. they're letting this crap in. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And that's, that's the thing. They want to talk about the guns and they want to talk about the, you know, we could talk about, you know, the illegal drug trade and trafficking and all that stuff. The bottom line of it is, you know, it's not my, it's not my issue. It is my concern, but it's not my issue to stop that stuff coming across the border. Who cares if there's a five hour wait? You know what? You check every vehicle. Because if, if mom's person wants to travel, that's what you're going to have to do. Yep. You know, they didn't have a problem shutting down. Of course, Trump didn't, but they didn't have a problem down shutting down. Whenever COVID was here, everybody's like, yeah, shut it down. You know, we don't want this stuff here. But then whenever it actually starts happening, inconveniences people, well, now that it's, it's a whole different ballgame. And so, you know, no, I don't have a problem with some of these things, <clears throat> you know, happening. If people, my first opinion, if people want to have fully automatic weapons, let them have them. You know, because I think that the background checks within their self, all they do is keep an honest person, you know, to have a paper trail so the government can track it as far as I'm concerned. I, I'm familiar with, familiar enough with how background checks work. And yet again, you know, another misinformation that they're putting out is, well, you can just go anywhere and buy a gun. No, that is not the case. That is not how that works. In some states, yes, you can do a person-to-person -person transaction where you can sell it to an individual without the paperwork. And yes, that is legal as long as they're not a felon, you know, so forth and so on. But they're making it out. What I'm specifically talking is, oh, well, you can order it offline and you can just have it shipped to your front door. No, that's not how that works. Yeah. And in these sites and these people are held to shipping it to a federal federal firearm licensed dealer. Now, if they're not, should they be held accountable when they're doing those things and not correct, correctly? Yeah, they should be. You know, I mean, if we're going to have, again, I don't agree with background checks. think they're a waste of time. However, if we're going to do it, that's all the land they should be doing more about it. But however, we're short on ATF agents. It's, it's, it's a known fact. And so if we don't have the manpower, you know, so the, the government is saying, hey, we're going to complain about this. We want more gun control. We want more of this and more that. You don't even have the manpower right now to do the job you have implemented in the first place. So let's just add more problems to it. It's not going to work. Right. It's going to fail. It's going to fall straight on its face. Or they're going to have another law come out and it's just going to be like, well, We'll not really enforce that law. <laughs> That's what happens. There's all these. There's all these things like a hundred thousand dollars fine and ten years in prison just for just for lying on that paperwork. When's the last time you've ever seen anybody on TV serving ten years and a hundred thousand dollars for falsifying that government that document? Never. That is true. Too busy going after all the illegal plans. That's that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah, I mean, so they're not holding them. Then that's the problem with even even to the lower to the state <coughs> state levels, city level stuff. They don't even enforce the laws that we have. I'm not saying we should enforce every little thing and be such a stick on everything. But if you want this stuff to happen, you want this stuff to stop, people getting, you know, or 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 shrink in size, people getting raped, murders, hold them accountable. Do something about it. You know what? Okay, you murder someone, well we'll just stick you in prison and you'll live better than most people do on the streets. Well, I, I still believe, and, you know, like, one of the things I thought about whenever I heard about that situation in Houston was what would have happened if other people had been carrying guns? And maybe there was, but I am of the belief that if you're in a situation where an individual pulls out a gun and your life and other people's lives are being threatened, it's time to act. Uh, that's why I carry a gun. So that way, if a situation pops up where I need to use it, I'm ready. Now, obviously, 
there's a, a balance there. I'm not trying to go into places that don't allow weapons, um, you know, or making sure that it's not intimidating other people. You know, I'm, I'm kind of the belief that even if it is open carry and I'm walking around with it, yeah, some people might be upset or feel a little off by that, but at the end of the day, just like they can wear clothes that are super revealing, uh, I can have a gun on my head in the state of Oklahoma at least. Uh, but the big question that I have for you then is, should gun laws stay the same or should there be something, some kind of middle ground where we, we throw these guys a bone, you know, or should it just continue the way it is? You know I mean? Or so, should it be even more? So one way to look at it is like, okay, so these people go out and do shootings in schools or get a mass shooting at an event, whatever else. So the people that's really getting penalized is not the bad guy. The people that's getting penalized is now we're gonna do stricter background checks for, they're gonna say the masses, obviously that's the case, but it's for the people that's actually buying the guns legitimately. Right. And wants them just to go out and hunt with recreational use, whatever else. So that's the people that's getting affected. Most people did nothing wrong. Yeah. So I'm not going to charge the whole city I live in because I committed a murder. Or if I go ahead and I break the law and do a speeding ticket, it's not the city's responsibility to pay it. It's mine because I broke the law. And so what I'm saying by that is, though, they need to, first off, what they need to do is the gun laws that's here, they need to start enforcing what's already in place before they start trying to add to or take away because they, they've not done it. That's the first thing they need to do as far as that's the a solid point. Yeah. You know, the other thing of it is, is what they need to do is, is there some mental health concerns? Sure. But I don't think you should raise a red flag on somebody. Somebody calls in and say, Hey, this guy's going crazy today. And then they get in and take all your guns or whatever. Just because somebody said so. No, that's not the case. Right. You know, I know several, several veterans that, you know, psychologically from what the government would say, because they have PTSD serving the country, and fought in the combat zone, defending this country, they will take their guns because they're not mentally stable. Who's to say you're mentally stable? By what standard? If that's the case, Joe Biden himself has admitted nationally on TV that he has two shotguns. Yeah. He's not mentally stable. You listen to the guy talk. You can't even. You can't, you can't even repeat. You can't even have a conversation. That's what he sounds like. He forgets what he's saying. And so, by whose definition? I, it's not my place to say if he's mentally stable. But what I am saying is. Who's, who's, who gets to make that call? A well, judge? Look at the judge system, the court system we already have. They are, we already know that they're corrupt to some level. Not all of them. Right. But people's getting paid off. So that's what it comes down to. It comes down to kind of where we started from the very first of Kanye West. You got the money? You can buy your way into this probably. Yeah. You might be able to buy your way out because of the popularity. Um, and they'll take your money. Especially some of these little towns like Lillian. I mean, you throw the right money at a government official, yeah, they'll probably take it. Yeah. Because that's probably more than what they'll see in life. There's more than what they'll ever see on any campaign. And so, yeah, they're easily bought out. So, no, there's, there's, and they have people have to be held accountable for that. But, but campaigning even anymore, there's not even about campaigns. It's just like who we can trash. It's just like, it's just like social media. Well, I'm, the, the reason why I wanted to talk about gun control, gun violence, is because I feel like it's one of those topics, kind of like democracy itself, in that every generation has to understand that if we don't uphold that right, it'll be taken away from us. So every generation has to go through that struggle of fighting for your rights to keep things uh, normal. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, just like in the same way we fought a, a civil war, what ultimately ended up being over slavery, uh, originally was because 
of the dispute over who's going to be president. That's another conversation. Uh, but you know, it did end up becoming about slavery and, and things like that. So it was kind of a a good new precedent that they were trying to set. Uh, but I think you can't make that same argument for taking away people's ability to protect themselves from criminals and the government if they were to turn on us. And not to say um, that conspiratorial. But no, I am because the thing is, is if they do try to take the guns, it's not a conspiracy. If they do try to take the guns, I think there's enough the people end. that will have enough of it. And they're going to have to figure out you know, what they really want to stand for or not. They're, the government's going to make that choice for them. You well, know, but... You know, yeah, it's, but then again, you could get into a debate on the government side of what does the Second Amendment actually say? What was their agenda behind writing it? Well, my opinion on it is it's, it's to keep the government checked. Yeah, exactly. It's what, exactly it's what it's for. You know, yeah, but we live in a society now where, and even if you look at any other countries or places that's done, you know, these gun controls, you know, I'm not going to say the United States outside of it, it's not fixing yeah, anything. People are still getting guns. People, you know, the bottom line is there's still machinists out there. Yeah. It, People's gonna build these things, yeah. and yeah, what what might be five hundred bucks now, maybe a thousand dollars in on that type of market, right? But it's still well. You're, that's have the thing things. is you're making it more accessible for criminals than civilians. So you are you're still gonna have criminals who always walk around with weapons uh, to do harm to others. So all you're doing is penalizing the the good citizens, the people who are paying tax dollars, uh, trying to live a normal life that now have to rely on the police and hopefully they come there unlike places in Oregon whenever they took over a portion of the town and the cops wouldn't go in there and do anything you know that that's insane but I'm sure none of those people had guns either to protect themselves because it's Portland <laughs> oh I mean you know, uh, there's there's valid arguments both ways but to answer the question they need to they need to enforce what we already have yeah. Man, Instead of doing all these, you know, we want to implement these new gun laws, which is hard to say because, again, the the Democratic side, from, from everything I see, they, they got all these ideas. We need stricter gun laws. We need this. We need that. But yet, I'm not seeing anything. You know, a lot of what they're saying, you know, these background checks, these comprehensive background checks, all sort of stuff, they're, they, we're in a, a system that's, the, you know, the, the background checks are run through, through NICS. You know, and even in them, I think it was like a 98.6 or 98, maybe even 99.6, you know, accurate. Well, the bottom line of it is, that's still even in the high side, still 0.4% off. Yeah. Well, you take that and say if they do 10,000 of them, well, how many people's getting by? Because I have personally seen people get passed on the background check. That shouldn't have been. That was FBI's fault. Yeah. There's, there's flaws in it all over the place. And so, if it's flawed like that, that tells me we've not even, we're not fixing already what's broken. We're just wanting to add more problems to this. This happens. This is a reality. These things happen every day, all over. You know, the government lies about it. They're getting people to believe that this system is broken. Well, even if that's the case, well, look what the government did. They're the one that created it, and it's a, a system. They created this messed up, and now you want to let them try to refix it again? What do you think is going to happen? You're going to get junk to begin with. You're going to get junk again when they try to fix it. Speaking of government lies and trying to control things, marijuana legalization. Yeah, it's money. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're looking at that stuff right now from a, from a state level in Oklahoma. They want a 15% tax on it. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, I have my opinions on it one way or the other. 
but a 15% tax, that's on top of, that's in addition to the, depending on what city you live in, stuff like that, your city and local taxes on it. So where we live at, it'll be almost 25%. That's cheap. That's more expensive than the black market. And then they, what are they trying to stop the black market? That's not going to stop the black market drugs. I mean, that's what their agenda is, but it's not. I mean, it's tax money. That's what they want. It's the money. But they're trying to, that's their, that's their thing. Why I'm saying about getting lied to? That's their agenda. Well, we can, we can shrink down the black market. It didn't work whenever it went recreational, or not recreational, but it went medicinal, and they got their cards. All they're going to do is they're going to put this tax on so high where you're going to always be forced to get a card if you want a tax break because the tax the tax rates on somebody that has a medical card is only 7% plus your local taxes. Right. And so it's a substantially difference, half, half the tax bracket. But guess what? If they people get their card, guess who gets the money for that? The state. Yeah. So it's it's to me, it's their agenda to do that. The other thing in Oklahoma, to me, again, it's politics. It's 100% politics because they try to get this on a ballot to... to to legalize marijuana in Oklahoma to get it recreational and it was shot down. They didn't make the ballot for a bunch of reasons. But then all of a sudden, the loser the, or the person that's losing, it's a tight race in Oklahoma coming up on coming up on election. And so, you know, the, the governor's like, special ballot in March. It's political because it was shut down. He had the power to do it then. He could have done it then. He didn't. He waited till it completely shut down and then comes back in behind and says, hey, I'm going to put this up for a special ballot this March. It's politically trying to get fools because he went and crapped on all the Indians around here because the casinos and the money, that's key, money is why he did it. And so he pissed them all off and they're wanting to vote against him. And there and there has not been tribes in Oklahoma that I'm aware of. It may have happened at some point in time. Doesn't mean I didn't catch it. That the tribes have not stood up and has been affiliated with saying, hey, vote for this person, don't vote for this. Well, they are now because they're mad at because of what he did to them. And the and Indians... We get down. They've already been suppressed enough. They've already been crapped on enough, you know, by from the I say presidential level all the way down, you know. And now he goes and does this over money in casinos and stuff like that, and he starts losing. He starts losing his votes and not the popularity that he wants. So he's got to come up with something. So that's what it is. It's politics. So, I, what I want to do for this topic because I'm I I feel slightly biased personally towards the situation. So I, I'm going to list the arguments against marijuana legalization and then we'll let Johnny let us know <laughs> if, what, if he thinks they're good or bad. So uh, the first one would be needs to be heavily regulated uh, or more studies need to be done to prove that it's actually uh, effective for treat, treatment, well, that's like two. That. That's two questions. Let's do these one at a time. One, heavily regulated. No, I don't agree with that because I'm going off the state level. Our government can't do crap right to begin with. But on the state level, they can't even regulate it right now. On a, on a medical level, much less if this goes recreational, heavily regulated, they can't even regulate. Whenever I first came in this industry a couple of years ago, handling compliance issues, there was like 38 pages. Of, of rules and regulations. It's over 100 now, which is good. I mean, glad there's rules and regulations. But what I'm saying is they cannot, they, the government in Oklahoma can't, they don't know how to regulate this. Um, well, then you have the, the more studies to prove the effectiveness of this, which I, I personally, why aren't we doing that right <clears throat> now? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, the government don't want, you know, if you're talking about studies for like medicinal purposes, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, for whether, well, well medical, it's simple because but also uh, maybe it's 
There's some state-funded places yeah. to do it, but the medical or from the government side, and I'm talking past the state level, federal government side, it's it's a Schedule One narcotic. It's same it's same as LSD, heroin, meth. That's all Schedule One marijuana is still scheduled that. So they need to first thing the government needs to do if that's what they're going to do, and they want to study it and they want to do these things, they need to deschedulize it. They need to get it off there, and then that opens up the book, which has been discussed about you know, all these people sitting in jail and stuff like that. You know, which we and that's wrong. a debate or a question that I'm sure you have but well, uh, I think there should be some research done on it you know there, there's certainly research and everything else it yeah. seems like so why not go ahead and research that there's plenty of people out there that I'm sure would be their guinea pig yeah, for free marijuana <laughs> yes. alright Johnny so, uh, so studies show 10% of users become addicted and 44% are frequent smokers uh, and say that they have withdrawal symptoms so now, I do have the, the source for this information that I pulled up. Uh, I can post that to one of our social media sites later. Uh, but just that, those kind of raw numbers. So 10% of everyone who's smoking, 1 out of 10, someone's going to get addicted. And then out of that, 44% of those frequent smokers say they have withdrawal symptoms if they try to stop. I mean... See, for me, it's like, that just goes based off each patient, like, because, say, like, one patient, they have incredible back pain, and smoking is the only thing that helps them. They're not, they're not going to be addicted to smoking. They're going to be, you know, addicted to back relief, no pain whatsoever in their back. That's what they're going to be addicted to, not the marijuana. The marijuana is just helping that. But then there's also people, you know, like, it's, it's, some people can get addicted to it, but it's not like a cigarette or or heavy drug addiction. You no, know, to where they're fiending for it, they need it. They could lay off marijuana, have probably some withdrawal symptoms slightly, but it's not as <clears throat> intense or aggressive as like. Other yeah, drugs. I mean, you have somebody that's an alcoholic or somebody that's addicted to meth. Or some of those things. Heroin. Yeah. You know, I and I and I could go both ways with marijuana, but. We, I believe you will have withdrawals if you smoke long enough. It's like anything. You're going to have some addiction yeah. side of it. You're yeah. have some dependency on it. However, you're not going to see, or I have never seen anybody say, I'm going to quit smoking weed, be curling up with sweats and shakes yeah. because they had it's to smoke a joint in, in half a day or, or a couple of days or whatever. Yeah, I think each person is different. Do they, you know, how they do. God would be that guy. You know, some people, <laughs> when they quit you know, smoking cigarettes, they just have headaches. Some people get very agitated. Everybody's different in that. So, you know, yeah, there's to be some level of it. 10% to be an addict, I think it's probably higher than that personally. And the reason I say that is because we all, you know, we all know from any level that, you know, yeah, everybody in Oklahoma needs for medicinal purpose. And it's any state. I'm not just going to trash Oklahoma. They're all like that. You know, it's medicinal. But why is it that there's so many people that all of a sudden have to have medicinal? Yeah, a lot of people have anxiety. It's not. It's not these people. It's not medicinal. I mean, it is what it is. That's fine. I can call it that. But it's so easy to get a card. It's so easy to do these things. And I'm not trying to talk against it because I have my personal opinions on it. I've seen. I've seen both sides of it. I've seen the goods of it, and I've seen the bads of it. You know, I, it's not what marijuana is. Not what was portrayed. You know 20 30 years ago is it a gateway drug i think it is to a certain degree with certain people because for the person that's going to chase a high yeah it's a gateway drug because they're going to yeah. get high and they're going to chase something else however 
do I like, would I personally say it's a gateway drug to finish and just drop the mic there and leave it there? No, I wouldn't yeah. because somebody with that mindset, they're going to chase it with something else. Yeah. They're going to chase it with cigarettes and have cigarettes. They don't get their buzz. They're going to try the next thing, whether it be, you go, you know, nobody wakes up and says, no, they got drunk once and become an alcoholic overnight yeah. or a meth user overnight. It takes time. They're chasing a high. That person has an addictive personality. There's a lot of things involved in it. So it's, yes, it is a gateway drug, but in the same breath, it's not. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, and, and just to kind of piggyback off of that, um, too much of anything is a bad thing. And, you know, just from a, a purely addiction standpoint, if there ever was something to be addicted to, it's one of the better ones out there. Uh, you know, compared to any <coughs> other drug that I can think of, whether it's opiates, uh, hard drugs like meth or, or coke or, or heroin, you know, or even other stuff like LSD, mushrooms, you know, it, marijuana is such a mild drug, and so it, it's always interested me how it, it ended up on that list uh, with all the other big names. That Who wrote the list? Did I? The average <laughs> Joe, the average person? No, the I government did. did. Well, if you've ever seen Pineapple Express, to me, that's got to be no. He's empowered to be an accurate historical representation of exactly how that played out. Well, yeah, because there's this there's this uh, stigma about it for one, and there's this a very the older generation. It, it's funny you you go and you can you can research this anywhere on the internet. You look at some of the old commercials; it would make you turn into Satan. I mean, this yeah, stuff yeah. would turn you Reaper into madness. a different person. <laughs> and so it was. It was compared to like the heroin and meth and all that other stuff back in the day. And, it, and that's not what it is. You're like a different person. You know, yeah. so, you know, no. I'm not going to advocate either way, right, wrong, or different. All I'm saying is, is what they made it 20 years ago, when this 20, 30 years ago, whatever it was, and they classified this as that narcotic, all I'm saying is it should be declassified off that because that is not what it is. Now, one of the other points that they make, too, is that it can cause people with schizophrenia or other psychotic disorders to be triggered by marijuana use. And kind of my take on, on something like that would be it, what Johnny is saying. It's kind of an individual basis. You know, yeah, you've got people with schizophrenia or psychotic disorders that helps. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of individual basis, you know, like... Um, I feel like people should expect to reach a level of paranoia and kind of inward thought where you're you're self-critical of yourself. I'll tell you the biggest aspect about this in this generation, this world we live in, the reason I like it, and I think that a lot of people could probably honestly think about this, it's one of the only medications that we get to choose what we take. You go to a doctor, they're picking it for you. Yeah, that's true. If you're in pain... Hey, you might need morphine, but you might only need Tylenol, but that doctor's going to pick it for you. You don't get a choice. Yeah, that's true. But you can go down, if you have your medical card, if you got a backache, he says, well, you know, I only need 10 milligrams. But you can buy the 100 milligrams if it's that bad. Yeah. So you've got a choice in the matter. When your <laughs> medical care comes into play, you don't have a choice. You'll do what the doctor says, and you get prescribed what the doctor says, and you'll take what, it, what they say. It doesn't matter how bad you hurt. It doesn't matter how good or bad it works. You know, people can abuse it. They can abuse marijuana. They can abuse anything else. That's why I like it because you have a choice on how you medicate for yourself because you know yourself better than anybody. Yeah. That's why I like it. Um, well, and I, you know, I definitely agree with that. I think that at the end of the day, there, there's too many benefits 
for us to uh, not legalize it for society whenever you own uh, the way I understand it, schizophrenia and other psychotic disorders are rare. You know, not, not a ton of people have them. So yeah. even if you are one of these people that it amplifies your sim or symptoms, you know, that that was probably going to happen <clears throat> to you anyways. Uh, it, it's just just kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. If it makes you more, if it makes you more psychotic, it makes you more schizophrenic. Don't smoke it. Yeah. Well, and that's the other side. And, and that's the thing. I mean, like, if if you're already paranoid. And you say, oh, I smoke weed. It makes me paranoid. Simple solution. Don't smoke it. That, or find certain strains that have the uh, correct terpenes that uh, help your or disorder or whatever it is. And, and there's things well, out there that do it. Some people, some people do better with certain strains. Some people do, you know, the terpene profiles in it. You know, or edibles. To, you know, yeah, to edibles, depending, depending on what they're trying to get out of it. So there, there's definitely... This, this ain't 20 years ago when it was like you buy this stuff and you don't know if it came from Mexico, Canada, or it yeah, came somebody plucked it out of your backyard. This stuff is, you know exactly what's in it by state law. It has to be tested. There's paperwork in any, any legitimate dispensary, too, especially now that it's state regulated and Oklahoma biometric. You have, they have to have testing on it. So you can walk in there in case anybody that's listening is don't know. You can go in there and say, hey, I'd like to see the testing on that specific strain. And they and they legally they have to show it to you. If a, if a customer requests it legally, they have to show it to you. You know, so you know all this stuff is out there, and people are like, well, I don't know where the laws are on the OMA with Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, OMA.com. You maybe it's Oregon, I don't know. I always just OMA, you'll find it. It's all there, and so you can walk in and say, hey, I need something. You know, with this, well, if that profile don't work for you, that turt profile, whatever you're looking for, you know, doesn't work, then you need to find something else that does. The other thing, the other miss, you know, miss communication because of what was taught 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and so forth to the people that smoke marijuana. They go in there, well, I want stuff with the highest THC. THC has very little to do with any of that stuff. Yeah. It's it's what Johnny was saying to your terpene profiles. That's yes. really what they take. Now, the THC play, there's, there are factors in that, but just because you've got something that's got a high THC doesn't mean you're going to get high. No, I need some icy. You know, there's, <coughs> there's, there's other things in there besides that. And that's where the medicinal side does come into play. You got to find out what works, you know, between indica, sativas, hybrids, depending on what you're trying to treat. You know, it, it all has its it all has its different place. So, and if none of that works, just don't smoke. Well, I mean, and it's not for yeah. everybody, yeah. It, and that's the thing. You know, you know, some people can't take, you know, ibuprofen. Some people yeah. can't take, you know, let's say some yeah. of the other narcotics like Lortab. Some people can't take yeah. them. You know, yeah. it makes them sick. They're allergic to it or whatever. So. It's the same thing. If it, oh. if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. It's fine. So how about this? Because I, I, I do think there's a, an argument for and against this. So if legalized marijuana uh, does happen, uh, a lot of people are saying that it could create steep costs for society, uh, for taxpayers, you know, whether it's more uh, medical assistance because accidents are going up, uh, or hospitalizations are taking place. No, the, uh, you know, it, it could further. I'm going to tell you what the problem is with this. Uh, you, you, adolescents could be smoking it. You've got to think about the bigger picture of this. If this becomes federally legal, and they say it's medicinal, you don't understand how much of a big issue that is. Because once it goes medicinal, medicinal now, not recreation, medicinal at a federal level, now you're going to have an insurance fight. Yeah. Because now insurance companies are going to have to pay for your marijuana. 
Oh, you see the can of worms? Just, how this can of worms gets opened up yeah. bigger and bigger? On top of having and, to let and you talk out. about being heavily regulated. Yeah. <laughs> Our insurance companies that that out here in America right now can't regulate themselves. All they want to do is screw over the people because they don't care if you live or die. Well, and that's that was going to be one of my rebuttals to this argument is that you know basically oh the money you have to pay for these hospitalizations and car accidents and all this and all that. Um, you know, it's going to outweigh the tax revenue that it brings in. Well, the problem I have with that statement is that, number one, as Americans, I don't think we should be paying for health care. I think there should be a universal, the government's paying for it. Now, I think that there needs to be a balance there because I have heard in other countries that where it is kind of socialized medicine, that it can be very difficult to get into the doctor's office. But that's where money comes into play. And if you got it and you can shell out a couple bucks to the doc to have him visit you early or make a special Zoom to, to get you taken care of, that's capitalism, baby. But well, I disagree. Yeah. I, don't, I don't agree that because then, then you know, it's, it's what it comes down to is in the end, only the wealthy will get to see the doctors first. And first, with <laughs> yeah. that doctor, you know, as well, if you're buying them off like that, he ain't going to give the same care to somebody that's coming in for free. He ain't getting nothing to the person that's giving uh, a yeah, thousand bucks. Coming in for free, oh. uh, that you're not getting the same quality of care. Like they do now. Well, you're, you're right, uh, but at least the same quality of care. For the most part, this doctor, he's not going to get a thousand dollars off this year insurance company only get ten dollars off this and it's real it's regulated it's pretty much safe across the board well it's not a, an argument about health care but I, I personally feel like that that's not something americans should be having to pay for i know it, it hurts me every paycheck uh, as far as well it's expensive I mean, and it's so subjective you know it could be this price for you it could be this price for another person that's not right you know that's there's clearly some some type of a game being played here on the part of insurance companies and pharmaceuticals where they're they're playing each other and and then we're the ones who suffer in that process oh yeah i mean it's like uh, that with the medications too i mean talk with you know talking about marijuana but the other one too i mean you can go into some pharmacies it's four or five hundred bucks with an insurance yeah. you know with an insurance, and you know yeah it's like 20 bucks or you want or for that matter you can go in there and I've, I've had this happen to me personally you know pick up a prescription it's a couple hundred bucks but yeah, you go down to walmart it's on their four to five dollar six dollar list i'm like really how can Walmart get this for six bucks and you clowns are charging three or four or five hundred bucks? Contracts. You know, it's the big pharma <laughs> stuff. Of course, everybody who supports the big pharma, that's, again, that's another topic in itself. But they take advantage. It's it's only, the only people that's going to really have good medical care for the way it is right now in the United States as far as I'm concerned, people that's wealthy. Um, well, the, to me, at the end of the day, I think it's a, it's a scare tactic to keep people from wanting just the same way it is about the voting system you know like people want to start questioning the integrity of elections and stuff like that and you start talking about a third party and oh it, you know they immediately get scared that it's going to ruin this this process and system that we have in place but kind of how i look at it you know from a, a whole uh you're trying to something that has never killed anyone from over usage you can't smoke yourself to death or, or eat edible yourself to death yeah you can get close i'm sure or want to kill yeah, yourself might feel like it, but. Uh, but it's not going to kill you and so whenever you you've made this image of, of what it is and now you're scaring people by saying oh well the the potential cost far outweigh the guaranteed tax revenues that you're going to get from this and especially in a world where we're always cutting funding on teachers 
and all these other kind of social programs going on. You know, we're giving Brett Favre millions to build his daughter a volleyball I mean, stadium. As much marijuana as people in Oklahoma smoke, her teachers should be like highest paid in the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's man. the thing. But see, the thing of it is, the geniuses who came up with all this stuff, they don't have that in there. Well, and that, that's another thing, too, is like, I, I personally believe that if we are going to recreationalize it, um, there needs to be laws written in that state X amount percentage of tax revenue is going to go to X industry. Oh, they do. So, it's called, they do. They, they write it in, and what they'll do is they'll say, this percentage goes to the governor, this percentage goes to his right-hand man, this percentage goes to this governor, this senator. Yeah, they, they all get their kickback off of it. It's usually how the government well, does things. Now, like that. Obviously, the law's not wrote that way, but to some degree, these people are yeah. writing these laws, it's a kickback. It well, goes and then they're the chairman of that committee that's in charge of those funds. You know, it, it gets deep quick. Um, but, but ultimately, I guess for me, it's just more so, it, it's sad to see something that's caused a lot of harm on a, a family level, whenever you think about the amount of people that are sitting behind bars right now for having marijuana on them. Now, I can understand, you know, a major drug dealer who's pushing pounds of weed, you know, because I'm sure that's not the only thing he's selling. But, you know, whenever you're talking about a guy who has an ounce or two and he got pulled over, and now he's going to be sitting in jail for the next 10 years of his life. That's bananas. You know, he didn't kill anybody, didn't hurt him, didn't threaten nobody. You know, he's, he's got a family at home. He's going to hurt with the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cabinets, man, would have been demolished. Oh, yeah, I mean, to some degree, I think there's people. It depends. I mean, I could see both sides of that argument. I mean, if there's somebody that's in there trafficking, like, a bunch well, that's of weight. There, there's a certain no, weight I mean, where it's like, all right, dude, you were big time. You can't have Rick Ross. Yeah, yeah they're rolling around. <laughs> yeah, we're Stoner, and then there's Pablo Escobar, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it should be, yeah, it should be nothing like I mean, that. It's inside. Yeah, so so looking at it, last year, in the physical year, 2022, their excise tax on that was $60 million. Yeah. And how come our, te- you know, does it show their breakdown where it went to? Of course not. Well, and it's probably teacher administration fees, like, so it probably wasn't even teachers actually got that. Probably like the principal, superintendents, stuff like that, because they need raises. You know, they're they're managing people. Okay, you know, the kids, hey, they'll get there. We got some cool little laptops coming their way three years from now. You know, we just gotta gotta figure out those school lunches first. So they go anyway. They got all this money coming in. It's just like you know. Yeah. There's several things that are promised. We'll do fix the education if they'll pass this or pass that or do this or do that. Yeah. And just like any government thing, they lie about it and it doesn't follow through. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's several things that could be asked in regards to that as far as taxing and stuff like that. I think 15% tax on is too steep and it shouldn't be that way because it's just going to create, it's going to drive the black market even more because once they legalize it, from that recreational status, then it doesn't matter where you bought it. Right. So you can have, you'll just have limitations on how much you can have legally. So they will have limitations on it. You can't just have a thousand pounds sitting in your house. That's still gonna be, they wrote it up where they have limitations on how much you can. And that brings me back to the other point about having your medical marijuana card. Because the medical marijuana card holders can have more volume than somebody without it. Uh, and so it's going to drive people to do it. Yeah. Well, and I think it's good just for, well, if they make it recreational, you can carry it in your car, stuff like that. But 
Uh, I, I do think just supporting the, the state and hoping that the tax money can be used properly is a good thing. Uh, and also to, you're, I feel like in a way you're helping those businesses out by helping them out on the tax side for profit and stuff like that. Because uh, I, I think there's a lot of hardworking people in the marijuana business that own dispensaries, uh, you know, that shouldn't be taken advantage of or have to foot the bill for the government being greedy and wanting to make more money off of it. Um, and especially if we are trying to combat other things like black market industry, um, illegal sales, stuff like that, you know, that's, that's the only way you're going to do it is you do have to be competitive. And right now the market is competitive. Uh, it won't be if we raise rates to, to that extent. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to drive the market somewhere that I don't think they're ready for it yet. But again, you know, from federal level is different than a state level. The state level, there, it's a to me, it's a political move. Yeah. You know, no, to try to gain, is. you know, popularity to get votes, and then once, it, I, I, who knows, that could get shot down too. You know, so who knows? No we'll way. see what happens with There's it. No, I'm calling it now. In March, recreational marijuana is going to get passed, and here's how I know. I. I've heard pastors approving of marijuana, and in the Bible Belt that Oklahoma is, that's shocking, because I, I, even five years ago, ten years ago, you would have had that conversation with anybody in the church crowd, they're, nah, but now that you got some grandpas in there, taking a few edibles to help themselves go to sleep at night, and of course they're telling their pastor, yeah, you know, they feel guilty. The pastor man. has half the church that is now smoking marijuana. I can only imagine how many people are in church on Sundays. <clears throat> Blazed up, unintentionally of course, but intentionally, because <laughs> they have back problems. Uh, <laughs> you know, for yeah. the rest, I mean, the bottom line of it is it's legal, you know, and, you know, for somebody to push it from, you know, I, I would... Probably say, yeah, there's probably some that do, but I, I don't think pastors are preaching it from the pulpit about smoking. I, yeah, I wouldn't say I've heard it like up on yeah, the exactly. pulpit, so but clarify that defense, yeah, of, the, okay. defense of the pastors yeah. out there. You, know, you gotta, you know, <laughs> but, they're, not, they're not doing that. Is there some that take it? Possibly, you know, I don't know. And, and are they going yeah. for it? You know, I'm not God, I'm not gonna judge that person because of because who knows, I've seen people personally that had to deal with, with with morphine just different type of opiates and and yeah. it was killing them it was literally killing them yeah and and they resorted to marijuana and that was the best thing they, i've not had to take any of that stuff and i've heard the opposite too where people it just doesn't work for them yeah it's yeah, not for everybody and so if if somebody does i'm not going to judge them. it's for if it's for medical reasons is what it is if the person's going out and just getting high all the time you know i don't know that the pastor be, should be saying that you know, if if that's the case, again, I don't think that's what's being said. I don't think that's what you're trying to communicate. But you know, that's not that's not what we're talking about here. Just people going against stone. We're talking about the actual recreational side of it, obviously. But, but right now, it's medical yeah. because that's where that's where we're at. Well, so it sounds like you're in support then, uh, legalizing marijuana recreation. No, I'm not because of the tax revenue. No, I don't think it. I don't think right now we're ready for it. I don't think we're ready for it, and I don't think the industry's ready for it. I don't think the industry's ready for it because that's what happened in Oklahoma when it came in. Stuff was like twenty-five, thirty dollars a gram. It was insane. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was just prices were through the roof, and they did no help. Again, again, trying to stop the black market because that's one of their theories behind this. It'll, it'll shrink down the black market, 
people quit trafficking stuff in it's not going to work because you can buy this stuff on the street for you know a quarter of that you know whatever five six seven eight bucks a gram selling for 25 and 30 ain't going to drive the market down and so right now yeah, right the, the market <laughs> is heavily saturated there's a lot of people that got into it you know oklahoma has made mistakes along several mistakes along the way one of them is giving too many licenses out yeah. that's why they're holding their licenses now and again that's a political move too i believe to try to some of the stuff they're doing the back end to to fix their mistakes they're blaming all these other people and foreign interests and all this other stuff but i don't think the market's ready for it yet the you know the stuff is going if it does hit and it does become legal i think it's going to go through the roof again you know a lot of point of sales people don't think about these things from point of sale side they, they're, they're going to be handling two different tax brackets two different types of people's you know non you know non-patients and patients so they're taxed differently most you know, say most there's a percentage you know or a handful of point of sales are not they can't handle both of those so you may have to run two different systems you may have to run you know system that i'm familiar with it does it will handle both sides of that you know so you've got internal problems and and again if you look at what we're doing already on a medical level we're not even they can't they're not even regulating that correct they're still messing that up yeah. daily and the people that we're held accountable to won't even stand by you can't even get them on the phone to talk to them there's mistakes i deal with this stuff every day handling legalities and the compliance side of this stuff and when you have to deal with these people you can't even talk to them they want to pass the buck for metrics that oh well yeah, that's an Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority. You get a hold of them. Oh, no, that's a metric question. You just toss back and forth because nobody has the backbone to say it. If you email Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority right now on most any question regarding their regulations, they're going to tell you, talk to an attorney. Problem is, most attorneys around here, there's a few. Yeah. Most attorneys don't know how to rate, deal with that stuff anyway because the verbiage in it, it's so open and it's debated. It could go, yeah, it could way go either way, way with it. And, and so OMMA won't even, they won't even tell you what the rules are because they're so chicken. They can't, they won't even stand behind it. And they don't even know what their own laws are. And so, no, I don't, I don't think it's ready. I don't think it's nowhere close to being ready. You know, maybe another two years because that's when we probably get pushed on a ballot again. We could assess it then, but right now we're not ready for it. What are you, Johnny? I mean, considering all the things I just heard from Joe, I would uh, agree with Joe, honestly, because I like where we're at right now. I like how easy and simple it is for the average patient to just, you know, walk in with their medical card and get it with decent pricing to where they're not, you know, having to throw out their whole wallet to get their medicine and all that, so. And also what I've heard uh, from uh, dispensary owners and all that is the quality of the product will go down too if it does go um, recreational yeah. like say top shelf quality will now be like reggie quality like mid shelf quality, bottom shelf quality it won't be mm -hmm. as good as it is right now yeah it's gonna because there's gonna be so much of it everywhere this gonna be like a restart button yeah well okay for for me personally i think it should be recreational I at mean, some point yes yeah, like, like here's, here's the deal is anything ever perfect are we ever gonna have every all of our ducks in a row? No. <laughs> 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 I 
Okay, well, that's no, not really. No, you're uh, not. It's not going to be perfect. So, we, it's just like we talked about the gun control. The it's just like we talked about the gun control stuff. You know, we need to implement and enforce and deal with things we've got before we start adding more problems to it. And that's where we're at with the same thing with marijuana. They're not ready for it. They don't know how to regulate it. Well, here's what I was saying. You know, you're always saying that, you know, we don't work hard enough. Well, how about guys like you get in there and, and figure this problem out so we can... Believe it or not, I could fix this problem. It probably could. <laughs> it's not hard. There's a lot of stuff they're doing. They make this way more complicated. For instance, you have to have a sniffing jar so people can smell marijuana. Yeah. There's a pound of it sitting, or half a pound of it, a QP sitting on the shelf. I don't need a sniffing jar. People that's coming in there because they're worried about COVID, if people's worried about that, it's simple. Don't stick your face in the jar. Yeah. Um, that's how you regulate that. You walk. And that's why you wear a mask. Well, you can wear a mask, mask too. Mask up, glove up, and then you don't touch so anything in the store. They, they're worried about the way that, you know, they're worried about being COVID. That's what they, and they're worried about theft. So why are we so worried about theft of marijuana? What are they going to steal? Three grams? You know, people go in there. If, it's an eight. Here's the thing. If somebody goes in there and they go, they walk in there and there's 30 containers of marijuana sitting on the shelf. Oh, they have the sniffing containers? Oh, I can't take them. Really? Come on. All they're going to do is reach three inches past that container and take it. Yeah. Those sniffing containers do squat, but except for make some senator or some governor, whoever writes these stupid laws, and makes them feel better at the end of the day because their stamp of approval and their names on it because they got it, they wrote a law. Great. You'll be president someday because you can write a law that makes everybody else's life miserable. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess what I would say is they want to sleep good at night. And knowing that they're... That's probably why they're smoking weed. <laughs> Well, they're probably taking other stuff besides that yeah, just to no, sleep. I, I think they're on other stuff. Because I, I would be the, the opposite. If I, I had to sleep all. with myself every night, there's some of the stuff these crooked people do, I'd never sleep. Never. Well, I think I would be singing a different tune because you're telling me right now you made millions off the backs of hardworking taxpayer citizens and you finally got the house of your dreams, smoking hot, trophy wife, husband, whatever, not going to discriminate. And you're not gonna enjoy that? No, I'm I'm a laugh every time I get on Twitter and see some person calling me out for my awful behavior because it's like who's winning? Well, and that's the problem is that if you're no, winning, I, I, I you're would win. People have a conscience; don't think that way. I wouldn't be right. The thing <laughs> is, is I'm not saying that in the back end if you're making all this money, yeah, it's easy to say that. But it's the process of getting from being a normal, upstanding person. And doing these laws right now, we're not talking about somebody that's been doing this stuff their whole life and they're corrupting whatever else. I, I call you a communist, as a matter of fact. You came after me, I was like, "What are you, a socialist?" <laughs> I no. try to write the stuff that's fair, makes sense, not do stuff that's going to make actually people hurt. Like taxing again, taxing people on something that's it's already you know what other medication out there? Because you know, it's, it's a medicine. What they call what in Oklahoma? What other medicine are you paying a a seven percent tax on? You know, none. You're not. You're not. You're not doing that. So why? Why are we paying that on marijuana? Um, it's, 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 and it's a valid question. I don't know. This one has to be answered here, but but that's the thing. That these things are not common sense. People people just push these things. They voted in because people were so eager to get marijuana. They're just like, yeah, let's vote for it. Let's vote for it. But they didn't think about all the other things behind it, and that's what's going to happen here. People's going to be so eager to get, let's get it recreational, let's get it recreational. They're so happy for it, but they're not reading the fine print. They're not reading this stuff to see, is this good for us or is it not? 
or should we wait a little bit? Or should we refine these laws right now before it hits the ballot in March to make sure it benefits the people that's buying this stuff? Well, I will write an email to Governor Stitt letting him know that, hey, if you're going to make this recreational, taxes stay the same. You should. I mean, now, what are you doing? And, and the thing of it is, from a political I'm standpoint, the Indians. for the political standpoint, you should. You know, I mean, if he wants the votes, they're like, hey, we're going to do it recreational. I'm just saying for, for voting purposes, political purposes, say, hey, also on top of making it recreational, I'm not going to tax it. Yeah, I'm going to keep it the same as what it is right now. That's how you win the votes because that's what it's about. Forget about everything else. Stitt has talked about. Yeah, I mean, and go take my guns. And then it's just, and then, and then, really, the only regulations at that point is just you have medical patients and you don't, and making sure the adolescents don't get their hands on it. Yeah, but the same problems around me right now. I mean, you, you It's it's the same thing as alcohol. Marijuana and alcohol are the same thing whenever it comes to adolescents. It, they're gonna find it. They're gonna have that twenty-one up friend. You know, who knows what they're doing to get that person to be their friend. That's besides the point. They're getting alcohol. They're gonna find the weed. You know, or the fentanyl. Whatever else is out there. I feel like it's easier for them to access it nowadays than it was. Oh yeah. You got Snapchat people. You know, tap in. We'll save that for the next one. So I think we're kind of at an end point here. Yeah, and we're going to start wrapping this up. Closing. Well, uh, to, to close, you know, as far as from our side, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, hopefully we provided some. And I'm out because I am going to go get something to drink. <laughs> All right. Um, but we thank you so much for everything. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. We'll be in touch. Talk to you soon.